All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right, guys, it's Friday night. It's also Good Friday for those of you who are Catholic or Christians. It's Good Friday. Easter's coming up this weekend. Going to be cool, right? Okay, so Law of One, right? So we started, or we ended at the end of 92, so we're on session 93 of the Law of One. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Right, everybody share this out. Hello to those of you who are in the chat. I'm going to fix my chat here. I'm I'm trying to get my chat synced up with the live chat. On I was going to put it on another monitor, and that monitor was taking far too long for me to... Um, get on there uh so i decided i was going to use my phone again so i am on my phone for my monitor and that's annoying right sometimes that's annoying uh so share this out like i said it's uh friday night love one and we're on session 93 so really quickly um let me run down well first let me throw out a uh commercial right reese welcome I see there in the in the uh, uh, Reese. We're doing the the uh, tarot now, so kind of keep a, a track because uh, you got that tarot deck, right? So see if when they start talking about the deck, see if that coincides with what your cards look like, and let me know in the chat, buddy. Um, that would be really cool because I want to get that deck, right? But they all mean the same thing anyway. So here's the commercial. We just got done doing our summit, three day summit for for the unmasking, right? That was craziness. If you guys missed that, you'll have to go. That was a pay event. We had 26 speakers from around the world, like five or six people from ancient aliens worldwide were on there. So you guys should check that out. Up and coming this month, we have the uh, Earth Day event. So we're, we're putting together myself, so Orion Rising and Candlebook and Broom will be presenting a two-day conference that's going to start on the 21st and will run from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever time it is that we get done. And then on the 22nd, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. All these times are West Coast America time. And we're doing two days because we were just going to do the one on Earth Day. But the problem is out here in the West, the only people behind us uh, in time is Alaska and Hawaii. So everyone else on the whole planet is already on the next day past Earth Day. So we decided, Bruce Cunningham, thank you for that, by the way. He pointed that out, and I went, that's a good point. Let's do, he said, let's do two days. And that's why. So I said, you know what, you're right, let's do it. So we're putting that together for you. I don't have a flyer yet because we literally just got done with our summit on Monday. Everybody took Tuesday off uh, and most of Wednesday, but I started on Wednesday saying, hey, actually it was Virginia from, Virginia Risden from uh, Candlebook and Broom. She said, hey, are we doing a, an event, you guys always do an event every year for Earth Day. And I said, yeah, yeah, I just, uh, you know, we're getting past that one we just did. So she said, I'm in. I said, let's do it. So between the two of us, we already have uh, close to 24 um, uh, people in the works. We have like nine definites. And uh, we're waiting for to hear back from the other people. So we're, we're hoping to do literally 12 hours each day. So 24 speakers over a two-day time period. 
Uh, people are going to be performing all kinds of stuff, live reads. I have uh, at least two people that do um, readings that I'm talking to to see if we can get live readings uh, uh, on the air. That'll be kind of cool, right? Just waiting to hear back. Uh, and we're going to have, we're trying to get some Native Americans, maybe a drum circle. So th- this is all tentative, guys. We have feelers out, not quite sure what we're doing, right? But we're trying to get Earth Day, it, it put it together. So it's going to be really cool. It's just a matter of who uh, comes. This will be a free event. We always make it free every year on Earth Day. We think the world should be free, right? Should get that on uh, for free. Omar said he was going to uh, be doing it. He's in the chat right there telling you he's going to be doing a PowerPoint presentation. He's also going to be uh, one of our MCs, one of our co-hosts of the event. I, I co-hosted his event on the weekend and uh, that we did the three-day uh, event, and he's, uh, he's going to return the favor from Watcher's Talk and be a part of this uh, event. He usually does every year. He and I always, if I don't put it on, he puts it on, or he and I put it on. This time, Candlebook and Broom stepped up uh, and prior to and said, I want to... I want to do this, uh, so I said, "Okay, let's we'll we'll co-host it." So uh, I didn't mean to uh, like cut anybody out. That's just kind of the way it worked out. Um, she stepped up and said, "I want to be involved in this. I'm trying to get, uh, you know, the the project moving." And I told her I would help her with the project, obviously, her, since her and I are partners, right? <laughs> so um, we we have uh, three um, groups together that we co-authored. Uh, and we're starting, we're going to be working together and doing workshops and online uh, workshops and uh, possibly an online college down the road. So because of that, she's like, this is now is the time. So I need to step up. So she wanted to co-host this. And so it's Orion Rising and Candlebook and Broom present a global uh, two-day summit for Earth Day. Uh, we'll get all the flyers and stuff put together. We just haven't had time. We literally have done this in the last 24 hours. Right. So we're putting everything together. We'll get it together as soon as we can. We'll get it out there to you guys. Get flyers up, uh, get a meme, get the, you know, the lineup uh, organized so we can put that out to you. You know, who's going to be there from around the world uh, speaking or uh, doing whatever it is that they're going to be doing for enlightenment and raising the vibration of the planet on Earth Day. Okay, love one. If you're very beginning, if you're just finding me out there in the world, either on the MP4 or the MP3 podcast, I can turn on my camera for the MP4 file followers. Uh, namaste. Um, the uh, between 1981 and 1984, the LL Research Group using channeling, a form of ESP to try and reach out to the universe to see if anybody was there, aliens, whatever, and they made contact. But they didn't make contact with an individual. They made contact with an entire hive mind complex, a whole species of people, and they said, we are raw. This was the very first thing they heard, we are raw. Don, the questioner, he's asked, well, we have a raw here in history on our planet. Um, Is that you? And they said, yes, we are raw. We walked among your people. We built your pyramids. So that spawned 106 channeling sessions, approximately 35 to 45 minutes in length over the course of uh, three years uh, and six books later. And we're on session 93 currently. And myself and Omar have been breaking these down for you for almost three years. Uh, Omar, when he can, he comes in. When he, when he can, he, he pops in um, because it, our schedules now, because he's doing his thing a lot with uh, his, his uh, um, watcher's talk and, and doing summits. He can't be as available to come in like he was in the very beginning when we were starting. So he, he, gets, he pops in when he can, like he's in the chat, <laughs> right? He pops in when he can and he talks and he's in the chat. He's uh, helping out. So 
um, we've been breaking this down, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to start right here on, on session 93. Uh, the computer program that I use is uh, from uh, Maffy Moose. That's a, a group of people, a channel on uh, YouTube. They have taken LL Research approved uh, book and put it to a computer, and the computer speaks the words for you, and you also can see them on your screen. Uh, if you go into full screen, I go into full screen so that you can see those words so you can read along, or you can follow along with your book. But the, it is LL Research approved material uh, that we're using. Uh, and um, here we go. Let me switch over here to the uh, camera. Uh, and let's see, where is it? Here. There we go. Well, that's the studio for YouTube. Well, let me put that into Facebook. And this took place August 18th, 1982. I'm going to go into full screen here. Let me make sure that you guys are seeing what I'm seeing. Yes, you are. I'm going to go into full screen and then we'll go ahead and start it, okay? So here we go. And in the light of the one infinite. Sorry about that. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Question 93.1. Questioner, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. The physical complex distortions of this instrument far more closely approach what you might call the zero mark, that is, the instrument, while having no native physical energy, is not nearly so far in physical energy deficit distortions. The vital energy distortions are somewhat strengthened since the last asking. Question 93.2 Questioner, what is the position and condition of our fifth density, negatively oriented visitor? Answer, I am Ra. This entity is with this group but in a quiescent state due to some bafflement as to the appropriate method for enlarging upon its chosen task. The, um, the entity that they're referring to in the fifth is an assassin who is actually trying to um, kill Carla. So the the um, Orion Crusader group, which resides in the third, the fourth, and the fifth dimension density, it had, is aware that they are channeling raw, and is trying to sever that channel at all costs, up to and including killing off any member of that group that they can kill off. And they attack Carla incessantly. Right? So that's crazy. Question 93.3. Questioner, thank you. You have stated previously that the foundation of our present illusion is the concept of polarity. I would like to ask, since we have defined the two polarities as service to others and service to self, is there a more complete or eloquent or enlightening definition of these polarities or any more information that we don't have at this time that you could give on the two ends of the poles that would give us a better insight into the nature of polarity itself? Answer, I am Ra. It is unlikely that there is a more pithy or eloquent description of the polarities of third density than service to others and service to self due to the nature of the mind, body, spirit complexes distortions towards perceiving concepts relating to philosophy in terms of ethics or activity. However, we might consider the polarities using slightly variant terms. In this way a possible enrichment of insight might be achieved for some. One might consider the polarities with the literal nature enjoyed by the physical polarity of the magnet. The negative and positive, 
with electrical characteristics, may be seen to be just as in the physical sense. It is to be noted in this context that it is quite impossible to judge the polarity of an act or an entity, just as it is impossible to judge the relative goodness of the negative and positive poles of the magnet. Another method of viewing polarities might involve the concept of radiation absorption. That which is positive is radiant, that which is negative is absorbent. Question 93.4 Questioner, now, if I understand correctly, prior to the veiling process the electrical polarities, the polarities of radiation and absorption, all existed in some part of the creation, but the service to others service to self polarity with which we are familiar had not evolved and only showed up after the veiling process as an addition to the list of possible polarities in the creation. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 93.5 Questioner, would you correct me on that? Answer, I am Ra. The description of polarity as service to self and service to others, from the beginning of our creation, dwelt within the architecture of the primal logos. Before the veiling process the impact of actions taken by mind, body, spirits upon their consciousness was not palpable to a significant enough degree to allow the expression of this polarity to be significantly useful. Over the period of what you would call time this expression of polarity did indeed work to alter the biases of mind, body, spirit so that they might eventually be harvested. The veiling process made the polarity far more effective. Question 90. Welcome Kevin Cummings to the to the crowd. Wanted to give a shout out. Saw you there in the chat. Everybody share this out, share this out, share this out. 3.6. Questioner, I might make the analogy. Then, in that when a polarization in the atmosphere occurs to create thunderstorms, lightning, and much activity, this more vivid experience could be likened to the polarization in consciousness which creates the more vivid experience. Would this be appropriate as an analogy? Answer, I am Ra. There is a shallowness to this analogy in that one entity's attention might be focused upon a storm for the duration of the storm. However, the storm-producing conditions are not constant whereas the polarizing conditions are constant. Given this disclaimer, we may agree with your analogy. Question 93.7 Questioner, with the third tarot card we come to the first edition of archetypes after the veiling process, as I understand it. I am assuming that this third archetype is, shall I say, loaded in a way so as to create the possible polarization since that seems to be one of the primary objectives of this particular logos in the evolutionary process. Am I in any way correct on that? Answer, I am Ra. Before we reply to your query we ask your patience as we must needs examine the mind complex of this instrument in order that we might attempt to move the left manual appendage of the instrument. If we are not able to effect some relief from pain we shall take our leave. Please have patience while we do that which is appropriate. 30 second pause. I am Ra. There will continue to be pain flares. However, the critical portion of the intense pain has been alleviated by repositioning. Your supposition is correct. So I wanted to stop and point out that Reese actually said 
in in the uh, in the chat for those of you on the MP3 file uh, version of this, you won't be able to see the chat. He said, "Funny thing, we 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 were talking about the cards earlier, these tarot cards that they're talking about right now." He said, "Funny thing, the cards were thirty dollars. Then I went back to buy them. They went up to two hundred and seventy dollars. Uh, you know, maybe it's because we were talking about them on the show, right? <laughs> so maybe other people were too. I know there were some other people who started doing the Law of One and had videos." Um, however, I don't know anyone who has done the the entire uh, 106 sessions, including uh, not even LL Research Group other than their books. Uh, but they're putting out some of them as well. But there was only one or two other people now that were uh, actually doing it and breaking it down like I am. There's a doctor that's doing it and one of the guys, uh, one of the errands uh, who's really popular on YouTube. But I, I noticed he did like a couple episodes and stopped. Uh, and, you know, other people mention it. Right. But nobody's breaking it down like I am that I can I'm aware of. If you guys find somebody, let me know. I would love to hear someone else's take on what's going on. But that's hilarious that uh, <laughs> the, the price went from 30 bucks to 270. That sounds like uh, somebody got word out there that the, they were going to be uh, uh, you know, popular because of people talking about them because of the, the people doing the law of one. Right. That's hilarious, guys. And then Kevin says, hi, Leo. Hi, guys. Uh, sorry, I was just listening. That's fine. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Share it out, Kevin, please. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's continue with question thirty-eight here. Now that uh, now that Carla, she was having some pain, uh, so they tried to rearrange and fix it, but they didn't get it fixed. They're going to continue though. Question ninety-three point eight. Questioner: There seems to be no large hint of polarity in this drawing, except for the possible coloration of the many cubs in the wheel. Part of them are colored black and part are colored white. Would this indicate that each experience has within it the possible negative or positive use of that experience that is randomly generated by this seeming wheel of fortune? Answer, I am Ra. Your supposition is thoughtful. However, it is based upon in addition to the concept complex which is astrological in origin. Therefore, we request that you retain the concept of polarity but release the cups from their strictured form. The element you deal with is not in motion in its original form but is indeed the abiding sun which, from the spirit shines in protection over all catalyst available from the beginning of complexity to the discerning mind, body, spirit complex. Indeed you may, rather, find polarity expressed, firstly, by the many opportunities offered in the material illusion which is imaged by the not white and not dark square upon which the entity of the image is seated, secondly, upon the position of that seated entity. It does not meet opportunity straight on but glances off to one side or another. In the image you will note a suggestion that the offering of the illusion will often seem to suggest the opportunities lying upon the left-hand path or, as you might refer to it more simply, the service-to-self path. This is a portion of the nature of the catalyst of the mind. Question 93.9 Questioner the feet of the entity seem to be on an unstable platform that is dark to the rear and light to the front. I am guessing that possibly this indicates that the entity standing on this could sway in either direction, to the left or to the right-hand path. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is most perceptive. Question 93.10 Questioner, the bird, I am guessing, might be a messenger of the two paths depicted by the position of the wings bringing catalyst which could be used to polarize on either path. Is this in any way correct? Answer, I am Ra. It is a correct perception that the position of the winged creature is significant. 
The more correct perception of this entity and its significance is the realization that the mind, body, spirit complexes, having made contact with its potentiative self, now beginning its flight towards that great logos which is that which is sought by the adept. Further, the nature of the winged creature is echoed both by the female holding it and the symbol of the female upon which the figure's feet rest, that is, the nature of catalyst is overwhelmingly of an unconsciousness, coming from that which is not of the mind and which has no connection with the intellect, as you call it, which precedes or is concomitant with catalytic action. All uses of catalyst by the mind are those consciously applied to catalyst. Without conscious intent the use of catalyst is never processed through mediation, idation, and imagination. Question 93.11 Questioner, I would like, if possible, an example of the activity we call catalyst of the mind in a particular individual undergoing this process. Could Ra give an example of that? Answer, I am Ra. All that assaults your senses is catalyst. We, in speaking to this support group through this instrument, offer catalyst. The configurations of each in the group of body offer catalyst through comfort-discomfort. In fact all that is unprocessed that has come before the notice of the mind, body, spirit complex is catalyst. <clears throat> okay, that's the end of the video for those of you on the MP3 file. End of that video and it's buffing for the next video. So now we're on to the second half of session 93, which took place August 18th, 1982. Question 93.12. Questioner, then presently we receive catalyst of the mind as we are aware of Ra's communication and we receive catalyst of the body as our body sends all of the inputs to them, but could Ra then describe catalyst of the spirit, and are we at this time receiving the catalyst and if not, could Ra give an example of that? Answer, I am Ra. Catalyst being processed by the body is catalyst for the body. Catalyst being processed by the mind is catalyst for the mind. Catalyst being processed by the spirit is catalyst for the spirit. An individual mind. Duh. <laughs> right. Just in case you didn't know that out there, right? That's one of those, a lot of people come in and go, you know, this thing is basic. Are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah. For some people it is, but for some people it's an epiphany, right? So it, that's why I do this. But, you know, I mean, he obviously didn't know. Don obviously was not a practitioner of of meditation or any of that. He's clearly a nuclear scientist. All right, he's a physicist, and most physicists don't believe that there is a God or they pretend they don't. Um, I've said this before, in the, or any kind of deity figure, not, not just the word God, because that that leaves you know leaves in your people's minds this you know old man with long hair and a beard sitting in a robe on a throne up on a mountaintop somewhere you know rustling around and giving orders in some deep voice. Luke, I am your father. So <clears throat> the the creator of the universe is so much bigger than that that I hate to say God. I hate to say that word. Right? I, I would rather source. Uh, or, or something like that, you know, the source energy or, or the one, I'd rather say that than to say anything else. So, but obviously, uh, Don was not very spiritual. He was, I think he was learning because of this, but he wasn't very spiritual. Body, spirit complex may use any catalyst which comes before its notice, be it through the body and its senses or through mediation or through any other more highly developed source in its unique way to form an experience unique to it with its biases. Question 93.13. Questioner, 
Would I be correct in saying that the archetype for the catalyst of the mind is the logos as model for its most efficient plan for the activity or use of the catalyst of the mind? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 93.14. Questioner, then the adept, in becoming familiar with the logos as archetype in each case, would be able to most efficiently use the logos as plan for evolution. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. In the archetypical mind one has the resource of not specifically a plan for evolution but rather a blueprint or architecture of the nature of evolution. This may seem to be a small distinction, but it has significance in perceiving more clearly the use of this resource of the deep mind. Question 93.15 Questioner, then Ra presented the images which we know now as the terot so that the Egyptian adepts of the time could accelerate their personal evolution. Is this correct? And was there any other reason for the presentation of these images by Ra? Answer, I am Ra. You are correct. Question 93.16 Questioner, are there any other uses at all of tarot cards other than the one I just named? Answer, I am Ra. To the student the tarot images offer a resource for learn teaching the processes of evolution. To any other entity these images are pictures and no more. Question 93.17. Right, see, so it's esoteric. If you're, if you're a spiritual-minded person, right, and that you're actually trying to be spiritual, then you'll, you'll start to see the value uh, in these cards. You'll, you'll actually understand or begin to understand uh, the catalyst which, uh, of that, which each card is. And you'll see them that way. But otherwise, if you don't believe in anything and you're just, it's just cards with pictures on it. And that's why it doesn't really matter what the images are because the images bring up that anyway. So that's why originally uh, they had these pictures that, that we now have on many, many different decks uh, that mean the same thing, right? Uh, and, and, but because they were all being outlawed in certain places, they came up with the playing cards, the deck that we have now, which is, is also the same thing. And, and that's, again, esoteric, and you can, you can get that. I've talked to people who actually do readings with just a regular deck of cards, right? But that's because each card represents those cards, even though we have 52 cards, and the original deck was only uh, 28. Here we go. Questioner, I was specifically thinking of the fact that Ra, in an earlier session, spoke of the Tarot as a system of divination. Would you tell me what you meant by that? Answer, I am Ra. Due to the influence of the Chaldees, the system of archetypical images was incorporated by the priests of that period into a system of astrologically based study, learning, and divination. This was not the purpose for which Ra developed the Terot. Question 93.18 Questioner, the third card also shows the wand, I am assuming it is, in the right hand. The ball atop the wand is the round magical shape. Am I in any way correct in guessing that the catalyst of the mind suggests the possible eventual use of the magic depicted by this wand? Answer, I am Ra. The wand is astrological in its origin and as an image may be released from its stricture. The sphere of spiritual power is an indication indeed that each opportunity is... Welcome Celeste, welcome to the audience. ...pregnant with the most extravagant magical possibilities for the far-seeing adept. Question 93.19 Questioner, the fact that the clothing of the entity is transparent indicates the semi-permeability of the veil for the catalytic process. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. 
We again must pause. 15 second pause. I am Ra. We continue under somewhat less than optimal conditions. However, due to the nature of this instrument's opening to us our pathway is quite clear and we shall continue. Because of pain flares we must ask you to repeat your last query. Question 93.20 Questioner, I was just... You see, so there's another indication that that doing this is taking a toll on Carlisle. Do you see that? So so there, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. The more you transmute energy, the more it, it actually, like look at Edward Casey. It took a toll on him, right? So there's a toll for, for working with magic and working with the stuff. You just have to lessen the toll and, and prepare yourself by, you know, uh, uh, getting energy, drawing it, and then making sure you have a, a workspace that you cut outside of the lines of uh, all other realities so that you're protected and you can work in that space safely and, and not end up in trouble. And all of that is real. And people, they, they tend to think, you know, all that whole thing with the Wiccans and the Druids and all that magic is just hokum, hokum you know. Uh, the truth is, it's not. Even the uh, all the churches do rituals for that per very purpose. They just don't tell you they're casting a spell. They're like, oh, well, this is just a sacred rite. That's a spell they're casting. Okay. And the, everyone does it when the priest comes in or wherever you're at in your church or whatever you go to. And they come in and they're waving around incense and they're saying things that is they're chanting and they're saying a spell. They're casting a spell to protect the working space that they're in so that they don't have any outside influence or interference. But they won't admit that to you because they're trying to tell you that you can't do that because you're not supposed to have any abilities or have any knowledge. Right. That's what they did. They took the all the churches took that part away. They didn't want us doing this on our own. But the truth is, we're supposed to be doing this on our own. We're not supposed to be doing this according to their orthodoxy. Right. But you can still do that. So I'm not I don't tell people don't go to church. You can still do that. If it's if that's where you are and you're in, that's what you need, then do it. By all means, you can still achieve the same thing by doing that. Just like in the 60s, they were doing drugs, psychedelics to achieve what we're now achieving through meditation alone. But back then they were taking, they were jumping over that step and they were pounding the doors down. Uh, hence the term, the, you know, the doors for the band, the doors. That was what that was all about. It was opening up the mind and opening up the doors in the mind uh, to spirituality. And they were using psychedelics to do so. Right now, nowadays we're achieving the exact same thing, but only literally with with no uh, uh you know, medication involved, but people still do drugs to enhance that stuff, smoking pot and doing shrooms and smoking that, that new, whatever that's called the, the new cannabis that, that, in, you know, um, what is it called? It's a fake, you know, um, synthetic, uh, weed, but that apparently is pretty good stuff too. So I haven't smoked it. I'm going to have smoked weed, you know, wondering if the transparency of the garments on the third card indicates the semi-permeable nature of the veil between the conscious and unconscious mind. Answer. Right, and I have to point out, Celeste said it was also a farmer's almanac, right? And, you know, uh, Leonardo da Vinci uh, put out a farm of, or was it? No, I'm sorry, it was Nostradamus, right? It was Michel Nostradamus uh, put out, both of them did, I think, put out uh, a, a farmer's almanac. Um, yeah, I think they both did. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, right? I mean, they, you still can get the witches. Uh, almanac, farmer's almanac. Uh, I used to have, I used to get a, 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 every single year. I haven't picked it up in the last few, but I used to pick them up every year. And I know people who still get them. You can go and buy them every single year. With the, It's got all that stuff in it. I am Ra. This is a thoughtful perception and cannot be said to be incorrect. 
However, the intended suggestion, in general, is an echo of our earlier suggestion that the nature of catalyst is that of the unconscious, that is, outward catalyst comes through the veil. Or that you perceive seems to be consciously perceived. This is not the correct supposition. Or that you perceive is perceived as catalyst unconsciously. By the, shall we say, time that the mind begins its appreciation of catalyst, that catalyst has been filtered through the veil and in some cases much is veiled in the most apparently clear perception. Question 93.21 Questioner, I'm at a loss to know the significance of the serpents that adorn the head of the entity on this drawing. Are they of Ra and, if so, what do they stand for? Answer, I am Ra. They are cultural in nature. In the culture to which these images were given the serpent was the symbol of wisdom. Indeed, to the general user of these images perhaps the most accurate connotation of this portion of the concept complexes might be the realization that the serpent is that which is powerful magically. In the positive sense this means that the serpent will appear at the indigo ray site upon the body of the image figures. When a negative connotation is intended one may find the serpent at the solar plexus center. Question 93 See, we still, <clears throat> we still value the serpent now with the kundalini energy, right? <clears throat> Pardon me, I had phlegm in my throat there. So we still value the, the serpent energy. And, uh, you know, we, we just, it's funny that, that he uh, brought that up, the serpent and the serpent energy. Literally, when we were setting up for and getting ready for this summit, I was talking to Steve Meads, and we got together um, with Omar from Watchers Talk, myself, Steve Meads, and Clarence Mitchell from Closer Encounters. Clarence and I were both going to be on and worked uh, with Steve uh, while he was doing his uh, thing about the uh, the the cave and the pictures there. And he noticed, uh, and he was showing us, going over, showing us some of it. And he noticed this, the you know, the this um, cartouche basically that was Egyptian writing. But now you have to remember, this was thirty-five thousand years ago. And he, he saw that this also coincided with constellations in the sky. And he was showing us this correlation. And he saw this big giant arrow. And he found this big giant arrow out in space in exactly the, the, the place that this um, map, basically, uh, which was an Egyptian uh, cartouche, was showing. But it was turned on its side instead of being up and down. And he says, wow, this is all happening right here in space. Look, here is a, a chart, a map of, of space. And he had the time, uh, and, and I think it was the time, you know, 35,000 years ago. And he's, we're looking at this big arrow. And we're trying to figure out what it's pointing. So, we're, you know, the tip of it had a star there. So we're looking at that, uh, trying to figure out if that is any significance. And, and Clarence Mitchell from Closer Encounters says, wait a minute, scroll the, scroll the sky map and see if it's pointing at something. And as we scroll it down, it's pointing at what is drawn the the constellation of the serpent god in the sky. So it was pointing at that, and they had uh, also in the cave, and we you know we had you know serpent mountains all over uh, the planet. So that at one time, this is what they're talking about. What Ra's talking about? At one time, the serpent god meant a lot more to the human race than it does today. Although we still venerate the Kundalini portion of the serpent god uh, and that energy uh, that runs up our spine and back down. 
but they did far more in the past. And these people, 35,000 years ago, whoever these people were who drew these images, made a point to point out the serpent god in the sky. Uh, and, you know, we know that back then that was a worldwide phenomenon. We're finding all of these serpent mounds all over the world uh, at, at, you know, from that time period. Uh, so it's it's funny that Raw mentions that here, right? And there's no way that, that I don't know that any serpent mounds, they might have been found for Carla to know about or, or Don to know about in the in the 80s. That's possible, but the information that we have now because of the Internet and because of, uh, you know, this mass-produced age that we have, they didn't have that. It's, it's, you know, in the 80s, there was no Internet yet. So everything that they got was either from a book or some documentary that somebody filmed. And I don't recall any documentaries about the serpent god back then. So that, that, but that doesn't necessarily mean they didn't have any of the Eastern teachings uh, because they might have. So they may have run across that at some point. I'm just trying to point out that, that uh, the time period that, um, in that, that's around the time period that Raw said they were here. And they had the significance of the, the, the serpent being the, uh, wisdom. And then, of course, in just in the modern Bible, you have the serpent who went and said to uh, you know, Adam and Eve that this place is not what it seems and that person isn't what they seem here. You bite this, chew this fruit or eat this fruit, whatever it was, and, and uh, you will then know. Right. <laughs> right. And then Celeste's thinking of the 13 Zodiac holding the serpent. Correct. Right. So, yeah, and then you, you have, uh, we also made that correlation as well, where you have that cave art where you have a person and that person is holding outstretched their arms and they're holding serpents in each arm. And they're usually standing on either a jackal or a wolf or a tiger or a lion with, with their, one of their feet or both. Uh, and it also has a circle around it, and that actually makes the same sacred geometry that the Voluvian man, which is the man who's standing that da Vinci drew with his arms outstretched and his legs outstretched, which is also um, the uh, pentacle. If you draw the lines around the body, it becomes the five-pointed star upright. Um, and, and then if you and, and if you do the mathematics of that, I was just talking about this with Steve then and talking about this today. Uh, if you do the math on that, um, that equals the if uh, there was um, there's a point and I and it's a uh, um, it's one point eight six I think or one point eight three degrees. Uh, and this is the math if you take that circle and you overlay that or do the calculation of the actual planet itself, then you get this ratio uh, between the the head and the arms and the feet and the arms on both sides of the of the circle or the same thing with the um, with the serpents with that person holding the serpents and standing with their feet or the uh, pentagram or pentacle uh, and also the um, circle with the square in it or the circle with the pyramid in it those are all the same correlation including the swastika with a circle around it from the Hindus the mathematical equation of that is is exactly that when you take all of those and you put the those symbols over the earth itself and you and you do it from a from a um, a certain reference where you're looking at the you know the the uh, um, equal land masses on either side with uh, North America South America Africa and Asia and you're sort of in the in the middle of the Atlantic in the center of the circle if you do that and you do that calculation you come up with that that measurement of 1.86 or 1.83 and that that points to a place on our planet 
that is exactly the spot where Mecca is built. And if you also do that and overlay it on our, our, our planet, and to do that math, the Pyramid of Giza is in the center of the landmass of the world. So it becomes, and it, you know, if you, if you orient it to that, then it points directly at Mecca. In fact, it points directly at the, the, um, the uh, meteor that they have uh, there <laughs> that everybody walks around. So there's all this crazy sacred math in that and around the whole serpent god and in the skies and all of that that most people have not unpacked yet. And what I just gave you is something that nobody has unpacked yet except for myself. I'm the only one that, that realized all of those symbols were the same mathematical equation. Uh, but it actually was Steve Meads who showed me the equation. And I said, wait a minute, I just saw something about this. I was, I was doing all of the sacred geometry and I just saw that, and that's Mecca. And he said, yeah, and this is why. And, and we, I literally went on with all the rest of that, and we did the math, and we, we were off air, of course, unfortunately. We should have filmed it <laughs> because we were like, hey, this is kind of crazy, right? Um, so that's also the Star of David. If you take the Star of David and you put a circle around it, it makes the same exact ge uh, geometry. And, and um, that's also the, uh, the Star uh, Tetrahedron that they use, which is the two pyramids that are interlocked, which is what the Star of David is. If you do the mathematical equation of that, that is that is pointing, oh, when you put that over a human uh, person, and it, it sets at your heart chakra, and that is the center focal point of our energy, and um, that's what creates the Taurus effect around us, which is what is the effect that's around the Earth that uh, scientists can't understand and say we don't know what gravity is. So, so the center of the Earth, the, the core of the Earth, uh, is the, the heart of the Earth like, like we are. The, the center of our heart is our core energy when it comes to as above, so below. And they're just they're not getting that either. We're just they're just uh, on the outside. Us fringe scientists are starting to understand that. And that's when we tell you guys that we create that we, we create the the uh, narrative here in the matrix. And it's through that heart chakra. They discovered that when your heart beats, there's a little electric impulse that registers. And that little electric impulse that registers actually registers like a thousand times stronger uh, off of your body and it creates this this electromagnetic waveform that um, we can tap into through that chakra when you tune it properly and you can then actually control the logos you can actually uh, and that's through 369 I'll get into that later because that's a whole show by itself let's continue uh, here right Tesla was getting onto it, but he never got to the 9 or the 12 in that equation. And the reason I say that is because uh, Celeste brought up the 13. Okay, and the, and the 13 is, is the 1. It's the center, right? So, you, so the 12, the 9 is the God particle or the God energy. The 12 is, uh, is, the, is, is the, the, uh, 12, like the 12 apostles. And the 13 is the one. That's like Jesus was the one that the 12 revolved around. And he was, and that's done in the Bible and all over all these Talmuds in the, and because that has to do with the building blocks of the universe and sacred geometry, what I was just going over. I'm going to do a whole show on this, and it's probably going to be like three hours long. Right? Seriously, craziness. Okay, here we go. Let's continue with this. 3.22. Questioner, is there any significance to the serpent? Is there any polarity to the serpent as we experience it in this illusion? Answer, I am Ra. 
We assume that you question the serpent as used in these images rather than the second density life form which is a portion of your experience. There is a significance to the serpent form in a culture which coexists with your own but which is not your own, that is, the serpent is symbol of that which some call the Kundalini and which we have discussed in previous material. See, so Ra, Ra was just letting him know that right there. And I wanted to point out, yes, I agree with Celeste, right? I thought that using drugs was uh, what somebody had said uh, caused issues. Yes, it, it does, because like Celeste said, if you... Uh, if you use a, a crutch, then you're going. It makes you dependent on them, right? So you have to you have to take you know take care of your your own. Yeah, she says you have neurons in your heart as well as um, the resembled brain neurons. Yeah, and that's they've just discovered that in like 2014, uh, and but they didn't know what to do with it. And there was there was one person that did, and I I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> right. I think I wrote it down somewhere. I don't know how to say his name. I think he's passed on now. Um, I just got uh, turned on to him last night from uh, a friend who I was talking to about the, doing the summit. And she said, oh, you know, this guy then. And I can't reply. I can't say his name. And I said, no, who's that? And she said, you have to take a look at that. And when I was looking at his video, he mentioned this heart technique. And I was like, wait a minute. What is that? Uh, and when I went and saw that, I was like, yes, he's exactly right. That's weird that I knew that. But I didn't know there was a study going on that where other people who were like minded were doing. I never met this man. And it's too bad. I would love to have talked to him. Uh, his wife's still around. I think she was his wife, his partner anyway. She's still around, so uh, maybe I'll pick her brain. Uh, but, yeah, they were actually onto it mathematically and proving uh, where, where it came from. And I've already known that. I mean, we, I've been preaching that for a long time because, you know, when people say, well, how was the universe created? The universe was created through love. Right. So and then you're in your Bibles. It says that, the, you know, the universe was created by the word of God. Right. And the word what was what the word was logos. And what does that word mean? That word means love. So the universe was created by the word love or through love. OK, so the, the, the then we are in this in this like they say here in raw, the sub logos, we're a sub sub logos. The logos was the creation. The sub logos is the Milky Way. The sub sub logos is our solar system. The sub 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 logos is our planet. And then we are a sub 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 logos. But because we have the God particle within us and we are, we think, therefore, we are. When you when you realize that you are, then you are now aware that you are have once you become aware that you are actually a part of the one. You're not separate from the one. The one created the universe and created us, and all of us together are the one. That makes us the creator. So we're one sub 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 creator of the entire universe. That means here, that's where the powers as above so below is wrong and a lie. That's told that way so that you think in your mind that someone does a creation and then it becomes down on earth as above, so below. That's a mistake and it's just been done on purpose and reversed. The true way that should be spoken is as below, so above. And very few people get that. If you if you go and listen to Tool, uh, and I think it's uh, um, I think it's the song Schism. Don't get me uh, don't give me a, a flack if it isn't. But it's that album. So go and listen to Tool and listen to the words that they sing. And there's a whole song that's that is sacred geometry. 
It literally is the Fibonacci sequence. The music is the Fibonacci sequence. It's in sequenced into the Fibonacci sequence. His lyrics are literally, you know, zero, then one, then one plus one is two, then two plus one is three, and three plus one is five, and five plus uh, three is eight. It literally is that, okay? They wind up to a point, and then they wind back down, which is the three, six, and nine creating the the figure eight the infinity which is harmony which is infinite energy infinite wisdom infinite love okay so that's the craziness of that it's in uh, many things right <laughs> right thank you omar omar's in the chat going plug your book bro plug your book <laughs> right <laughs> that's hilarious so yeah, see, we're coming up on the hour, aren't we? So maybe I'll get through a couple more questions here, and then I'll, I'll remind me again, Omar, to plug my book. I'll, I'll put it up on the screen for you guys to see uh, when, when we get to closer to the end here. So let's go ahead and continue for a little bit more. Question 93.23. Questioner, is there any other aspect of this third card that Ra could comment on at this time? Answer, I am Ra. There may be said to be many aspects which another student might note and ponder in this image. However, it is the nature of teach learning to avoid trespass into the realms of learn teaching for the student. We are quite agreed to comment upon all observations that the student may make. We cannot speak further than this for any student. We would add that it is expected that each student shall naturally have a unique experience of perception dealing with each image. Therefore, it is not expected that the questioner ask comprehensively for all students. It is, rather, expected and accepted that the questioner will ask a moiety of questions which build up a series of concepts concerning each archetype which then offer to each succeeding student the opportunity for more informed study of the archetypical mind. May we ask for one more query at this time? We are pleased to report that this instrument has remembered to request the reserving of some transferred energy to make more comfortable the transition back to the waking state. Therefore, we find that there is sufficient energy for one more query. Question 93.24 Questioner, I am assuming that you mean one full question. I'll make that question in this form. I'd like to know the significance of the shape of the crux and zeta, and if that's too much of an answer I'll just ask if there is anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact. Answer, I am Ra. Okay, so the, the crux in Zeta is the uh, onk. That's what he's talking about. And that, see, that symbol as well, if you take the onk and you put it, uh, a circle around it, the mathematical equation of the lines of the onk are the same. Right? Because remember, the onk flares out at the bottom. It's not like a stick like the cross. So it's still the same Voluvian man. So the onk itself, or the crux in Zeta, is what he calls the, because that's the clinical term for it. So let's let Ra continue here. They are mathematical ratios within this image which may yield informative insights to unfounded riddles. We shall not untangle the riddle. We may indicate that the crux and zeta is a part of the concept complexes of the archetypical mind, the circle indicating the magic of the spirit, the cross indicating the nature of manifestation which may only be valued by the losing. Thus the crux and zeta is intended to be seen as an image of the eternal in and through manifestation and beyond manifestation through the sacrifice and the transformation of that which is manifest. Okay, so that literally what he's saying right there is that exact thing. Okay, so, so what he's talking about right there is the charm of making. 
right? It is it is through that image that you're getting the sacred geometry, and and, and like he like they said right there that um, let's 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 go back and I'll read it. He says uh, we may indicate that crux and zeta is part of the concept complexes of the archetypical mind. A, the circle indicates the magic of the spirit. The cross indicates the nature of manifestation. Okay, so there, there's the first two lines to Analnathrak Uthvaspethod. Analnathrak means all that is nature, Uthvaspethod, and of time space. Okay, so you're taking your intention. Do you understand, right? So you're taking your intention. You're calling to the to the to all that is nature and all that is time space. Duthiel Dienve is to heed my call or do hear my intention. Okay? So the circle is indicating the spirit. The cross is indicating the nature of manifestation, which may only be valued by the losing. Right? Because if you don't use it properly, you, lo you lose it. Right? Thus, the crux in Zeta is intended to be seen as an image of the eternal and or in and through manifestation and beyond manifestation through the sacrifice and the transformation of which is manifested. Okay, so that's literally telling you that that mathematical equation is the charm of making if you understand it. And that is the process of three, six and nine. We are the three energy calling to all that is nature and time space, which is the six energy to hear our intention. So three plus uh, three, which is me plus my intention, calling to nature and time space equals six. Then me with my intention, or you when you're casting a spell or anything, you with your intention to six, which is the energy of time space, is three plus six. That equals nine. Nine is the God energy that you, is from your heart. And if it is from your heart and it is active, you then control the logos. Hear my intention or heed my call. And then you make manifest through your will using your energy, the universal energy, the God energy, which is the logos. You then create or ascend to the 12 energy. 9 plus 3 equals 12. Do you understand? And the 9, even the 3, 6, and 9 by itself, the God energy creates the infinity of free energy. So you then create the figure 8. You then create the infinity. And then what you manifest with that is through the center of the 12, which is the center of the planet, the center of you, which is your heart chakra, the center of the planet. And Thoth said through the center, through that center of the, is, you know, using the, the, uh, the, uh, um, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it right this second. But using that energy at, at the zero point is the infinity. And to understand that, like like uh, um, Omar said in here, don't self-identify. He says this in the chat. Don't self-identify as little me. Identify as the whole. Life is easier that way. Do you understand? So literally, they're just telling you right there that in that card, that crux and zeta, that, that onk, with a circle around it is that mathematical equation. And Don doesn't really catch that, I don't think, in there. But it's esoteric. You have to understand it to, to, to be able to see it. 
and I do. That's the same mathematical equation for every symbol that is on the planet that has a circle with an image on the inside of it, a square, uh, a pyramid, a star, the Voluvian man, the swastika, all of those from all of the different religions around the world, even the Vikings with their circle, with the, with the basically it was uh, four triangles, which would make a pyramidal shape from top down. The Star of David is the same. We talked about this earlier. Okay, all of those symbols are the same mathematical ratio, the golden mean ratio, the, the, uh, the three, six, and nine, right? The, the Fibonacci sequence, it's all the building blocks for everything. And the nine energy controls it and turns it back on itself, so it creates the Taurus effect. We have this energy flowing around us from the heart chakra being the center point or the zero point. That's the, the point in the center of the infinity. Our planet has the same thing. Everything in life has that as the building blocks. That is the key to the universe and the logos. It's the key to this matrix. But you, it's like high magic. Have you ever heard of magic with a K? People talk about that. That's high magic. You can't use it. You can't dabble with it. You only understand it when you can understand it. You can only use it when your body is able to use that. So it's the same. You can control the matrix. We can if we all think it up. All the different Talmuds around the world has spoken to this. Jesus said it. You could literally move mountains if you had faith. He meant that literally. We could change the course and landscape of this place that we live in if we all think something all the same, but we have to know it. We have to know it to be true, and then it will happen. Okay, so collectively, look, we did that last year or the year before when that storm was coming in over the Bahamas, and it was supposed to come right straight through the, the state of Florida up through the bottom and the center, which would have destroyed and decimated the entire state and more so, and then go up the eastern seaboard at about 50 miles inland. And everybody had a big call on the Internet for everybody to use your energy, use your whatever, your, your praying, your meditation, just your positive thoughts to control that storm. And someone said somebody else is in control of that storm. And there was a, a whole day where, the, where the, for the first time in history, a big hurricane right, was fl flying in to, to hit land and it froze over the top of anything. It sat over the top of the Bahamas for a very long time as it was shifting slightly to the east, then, then back to the west, then back to the east as if there was a frenzy for control. And we kept calling for people to help us push it to the west and north, so that, or to the east and north, so that it wouldn't hit the coast of the United States or Canada, and that it would go out to sea. And it did just that. It stayed off the coast, but it still did a lot of devastation. But... Unfortunately, the Bahamas were just torn to shreds while the thing was while we were trying to get control of it. So we fought against nature, and some people said that there was somebody else in control of it with a you know some device or something. This this you know behind the scenes whatever uh, you know black ops trying to actually do damage to the to the people. I don't know about that, but we were able to take control of the storm and make it move to our will. But it was not wanting to go lightly. But it happened. And even after that, they put it on the news that people out there believed and scientists said this is possible. We humans have this ability. 
Okay, so this is the truth of it that they're trying to keep from you. And all the way back in 1981 to 1984, the raw material unpacks this, and it's here for you to see. Most people, it's esoteric, so most people don't see it. That's why I'm doing this show, to show you that. And he literally, they literally just said that. Let me read it again, right? And then we'll let this play out because I think we're coming to the end of that, and we can call it for the day. Okay, but let's go back up, right? There are, there are mythical uh, ratios, mathematical ratios, pardon me, Within this image, now this is the Ankh with a circle around it that's on, it's the third card in the original tarot deck. Which may yield information or informative insights to one fond of riddles. He's saying it's esoteric, and if you understand it, you will, you will be able to see it. We shall not entangle the riddle. We may indicate that the crux in Zeta, that's the Ankh, is part of a concept, a concept complexes of archetypical mind of the, of the archetypical mind the circle indicates the magic of the spirit the one me you the cross indicates the nature manifestation all of all of nature and all of time space right you see which may only be valued by the losing the crux the, thus the crux in zeta is intended to be seen as a, a image of the eternal, infinite, eternal, in and through manifestation and beyond. Do you understand? So that's the three, six, and nine. That is that is exactly what I was talking about. So it's the it's the it literally is the charm of making. Okay. The support group functions well. The swirling waters experienced by the instrument since our previous working have substantially aided the instrument in its lessening of the distortion of pain. All is well. The alignments are well guarded. We leave you, my friends, in the love and the light of the Infinite One. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the One Infinite and Glorious Creator. Adonai. See, I thought they were rapping. Because just by when he usually, they usually say, do we, we can have to do one more question or one more full question. That usually means it's the end of the session, last one. Okay, so that is the end of uh, session 93, which is good. To, we can stop there, and we will then pick up next week on 94. Okay, let me go back over here and turn that off so you guys aren't looking at that. One. Look at my ugly mug. Namaste, there I am. Okay, so that little portion right there is actually very, very important. That last paragraph. Is, is probably the second most important paragraph that I've covered so far. And it's because we are just now starting to understand everything that I just said to you. Literally, since 2014, the scientific minds, us fringe, uh, are, are figuring this out. I figured this stuff out uh, even more so. What I'm telling you about all of that, and you won't hear it anywhere else. Nobody has that figured out yet. Uh, even the guys that were working on it and the, with the understanding of the heart uh, and the you know that being the center the center point the zero point for of of our life spark, when the heart beats there's a tiny electrical pulse that actually is created by the heart beating at that time and that pulse is amplified once it leaves the body like a hundredfold or a thousand times it's huge amount of energy, and and the only way that you can then use that energy is you have to have your chakras to a point where you can manifest from the heart as you can't see me on screen but I'm, I'm t touching my heart chakra you manifest from the heart right think about that all of the people in every religion talk about love love's the most important thing 
All you need is love. Man wrote a song about it and somebody killed him over it. Right? All you need is love. The truth is that. The truth is love. The logos is love. The universe was created by the one true creator using love. That was the word of God. That was logos. Logos means love. We are in a sub-sub-logos. That means it was created from love and we're here and we are the same. We are a piece of that creator. Therefore, if we then align ourselves like the creator and come from a place of love, of purity, then we control the narrative. We control. We were driving that storm because we didn't want people to get hurt. And we minimized the amount of people that got hurt through love. Our love for the people over in Florida and the other states above that, Tennessee and, and all the way up into D.C. And, and up and through the main states is where it would have hit. It would literally have gone through the whole United States into Nova Scotia. But it didn't happen, and all scientists said that was the weirdest anomaly that had ever occurred in the history of tracking any storm, and it defied all physics. Shouldn't have happened the way it happened. We made it happen that way. Those of us who participated in that excursion, exercise, whatever you want to call it, we made that happen. And I don't know why my phone just exited out of the out of the show over here. <laughs> so I can't read the chat if you guys are talking in there. Right? Yeah, see, there is some comments in there. Celeste says in the chat, for those of you who are listening on the MP3 file, you don't get to see my face, nor can you read the chat. So if you guys are listening on the MP3 podcast, uh, Celeste says, funny, when, whenever I watch live, it always ties into all my, uh, all my conversations I have, I've been having. It, well, that's, that's what happens, right? Uh, enjoyed, uh, enjoyed it, uh, touching on uh, tarot, uh, heart power. Well, see, that's what happens. That, uh, what I have found, Celeste, that when I do my show, people pop in sometimes for the first time, and they've never heard any of my shows. And all of a sudden, it's, it's all the stuff they've been working on. It's those things that they're going through, or they just had this conversation. That's the way the universe works. You're here to hear this episode on purpose at the time that you're supposed to. I don't try to make this show um, a, a popular by 10,000 people showing up. This is being out there to the universe for those of you who are meant to find it. Because I am a beacon, one of, not the only, one of the beacons for wanderers. Or anyone who is about to wake up or ready to. It's esoteric. My show is esoteric. And I have found that I have no control over it. I'm doing these in order, and I'm finding the same thing. This talked about what I was just watching videos on for the last week and the conversation that I had uh, with some of the people from the summit that I was just a part of, that Watchers Talk put on uh, for, uh, for this. And literally, it, oh, here I come and do this show, and it has everything to do with everything that we talked about. Okay, and a couple of things that I just uh, learned and what I talked about here is things you won't hear anybody else talk about it, especially with all those symbols and their mathematical uh, properties being the exact same mathematical properties, even though the visual other than the circle itself, the inside visual is a different visual. But if you overlay that on the globe as the you know, I should do it this way because you got the hole in the center as the Taurus, but up this way, because that's the way it usually sits as the Taurus around our planet, right, or around our bodies or anything. 
Everything runs that way. The energy of everything runs that way. That's why they said uh, back in the in the old ancient times, the god Enki set up the, the, the cities of the earth by using as above, so below. But it's supposed to be as below, so above. That's a lie that they flipped it. Right. So that in your mind, there's a creator above you that is all powerful that created us. Okay. well, there is. But if you listen to the Talmuds, even in in the in the Christian Bible, Jesus was speaking of God and said, right, this is in uh, Matthew. um, What is it? It's uh, Matthew. Oh, Lord, I forgot it now. I don't have my Bible next to me or I'd pull it up and tell you where he says what you sow on earth I shall sow in heaven what you reap on earth I shall reap in heaven so it is not it is our job to be the creation the creation itself this place was created for us so that we have this experience and we create the experience that we have okay so God doesn't do anything bad to us we do it all the things that you have in your life you set up prior to coming through here for you to learn those things. All of us are trying to have a unique individual experience while experiencing everyone else at the same time because all of us, it's the ripple effect and the butterfly effect. All of us affect each other by everything that goes on. My words now are affecting you and the things you say in the chat or the things you say later affect me or other people. Do you understand? So it happens in every single way. It happens in every single way. And that's why he was saying before with the catalysts for the body is for the body. The catalyst of the mind is for the mind. The catalyst for the spirit is the, is the spirit. So whatever it is that's happening, right, is all encompassing. So that's why when people show up and they go, wow, this is crazy because I was just like you did, Celeste. I was just talking about this and I was just learning that and talking about that with so-and-so. Well, that's because you were supposed to and then you were supposed to be here for this to witness this okay and that's how it works i'm just the deliverer i'm just the humble messenger of the law of one <laughs> right just like Ra, just like carla just like uh, all the guys don and and in fact leonard was one of them uh but i think he left and they had the other guy that was in there <clears throat> my namesake right <clears throat> so it is it is esoteric it's there it's in everything you know they had the bible code and some guy said i can do the moby dick the same way and i come up with all this stuff too and i said yeah i'm sure you did because everything in creation has the same coding and that's the sacred geometry everything has the same coding so even a book that's been written by someone who has no idea when i wrote this book okay orion rising this was a, a what if of the ancient aliens stuff was all uh, real. So I wrote this book that was a scenario like Dan Brown did with the Da Vinci Code after he read all the books that I read. And, and he said, what if all that's true? And so he wrote a scenario movie or book about that. I did the same thing with, the, with this Orion Rising and then and went further and named my show that, my podcast that, because it's, eso- it's esoteric. <clears throat> it's ambiguous. The reason I say the Orion Rising, if you look at the Law of One, in there, Raw is warning us about this group from Orion, from the belt of Orion, that call themselves the Orion Crusaders. But what you have to understand is, if you listen, Raw says they were also from Orion. And I'm also from Orion. 
I don't think I'm uh, part of Raw's group, but anything's possible. I don't have all my memory back. But I do know that I'm part of a coalition that came here to stop the Orion Crusaders, and we are from the belt of Orion. I'm from the center uh, 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 galaxy, and I know of two of us so far, one from the left, one from the right, that are here. We're missing one member of our, uh, of our team. Eventually, this member will be identified. And, and that'll happen as time goes. We know that. <clears throat> so we are here to do that. I came back through as a wanderer to come down here to help lift the, the uh, spirit of this and the vibration of this planet so that everybody can get off this rock. We're not supposed to be here. The planet is already supposed to not be conducive to, to third dimensional life. That was ended a long time ago. They thought that the, the guys thought a few years ago that it ended in the 90s. It actually ended before the 80s. It ended a long time ago. Uh, it's it, truthfully, it ended way back before that. Okay, and it ended like 75,000 years ago. But we, with our energy, have been helping Gaia to to heal to keep us here so that we can then get everybody off of here uh, and and recycle to someplace else or move up where to the next which is here the fourth dimension is here on earth they call this place earth they still call it terra uh, and there's people already here they just don't have the full physical body that we have there's a slight difference in the physical body but they don't look human in the fourth they don't look human again on this planet until the eighth then they look like us again so when you get there uh, if you cycle through and, and we all get up there they say that those people in the seventh or the eighth do look a lot like this human body but thinner uh, not thinner skinny but but translucent Right. Because eventually you you lose your body from the legs up and you start being just a head and a chest and your heart's there for a very long time. And then eventually you merge as one hive mind complex with whatever hive mind complex that you're attached to at that point. And that's that's theoretically because we don't know what goes on up there. But we think that after 12 is back to the one. The 13 is the one It's through the center of the 12 it's the 36912 the Taurus again that you get to there and then you go to the center and you become one again with the one how long is that going to take i don't know i don't have that memory back yet and no one after the eighth when they move up to the eighth they don't talk to people uh down here we're at the lower octaves where uh with our communication octave is one through or zero one through seven that's the, that's this octave bang Okay, and the third dimension, this octave, is where you're full self-aware for the first time. When you become self-aware as something else, then when that, when that uh, whatever you are dies, then you recycle to a, a human in the, in this pla- on this planet. And you go somewhere else and you're something else, right? Um, but a human on this planet, and then you're self-aware. That's where you start your journey. So we're baby souls here. Some of us have been through this already, millions Possibly a billion of us have already been through this, but we have come back to help. So that's why we're raising the vibration. That's why things are so bad with evil people, because they're just popping off going crazy because they can't just kill us all off in a big deluge or a nuclear war, which they've been trying to do. All right. I've talked enough because I'm already running over, right? We're already 15 minutes over. So that was uh, session 93. Um, Namaste. Please uh, share this out, share this out, share this out. Um, I'm Leonard O'Neill, and I wrote this book, Orion Rising. I also wrote a prepping book, right? <laughs> prepping for survival for beginners, and I wrote a how to get out of debt book. This book right here talks about the global banking and how it's, it's still currently um, – fake and and our money's just printed willy-nilly but as long as we spend it it keeps 
uh, as long as we keep consuming things, then it keeps the economy going. But you can get out of debt. Right now, I have no debt. The only debt that I have is like bills that I'm paying every month for things like internet, cell phone, uh, rent, that kind of thing. I have one. Well, I have one credit card, and I think I'm down to like a hundred dollars on it. I keep. I you try to keep like about a hundred dollars on it and pay it, charge something, pay it, charge something, pay it, just to keep the credit going, right? But I've got myself out of debt. And I talk about that in the in this book of how you can do that, uh, and it's not actually that hard. You just have to make some lifestyle uh, changes to where you're not being lazy with your money, uh, and like cook for yourself, things like that. Instead of going to fast food places, if you love coffee, make your own. Buy an espresso machine. Save up for a month of what you pay to have your espresso every day, and you can make your own, and it'll cost you pennies instead of seven to ten dollars every time you want to drink. Right. But most people don't want to do that. It means that it's work and they have to do well. I don't have enough time in the day to do that. Yeah, you will, because you won't be spending 30 minutes in line for your lunch, your breakfast, your lunch, your coffee, your dinner and everything else. You won't be sitting in your fast food line for 20, 30 minutes at a time to get your food. You'll have plenty of time in the day and you'll have more energy because you're, you're you'll start eating better. You'll have better. You'll have more energy. So you'll have plenty of time. Trust me, because if you start, if you do what I do, people ask me, do you ever sleep? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do sleep, but it's, I don't sleep like other people, and I have tons of energy. I, I can only sip coffee. I, mother, other, some people have to drink it all day just to keep going. I have to a little sip here and there, and I don't need that. Look at how fast I'm talking. This is not crack. This is not a bunch of coffee. This is the amount of coffee I drank today. From here to here, so I've drank about three ounces since I've been up, and it's five in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> right? I have not drank very much coffee. This is me because I eat right, because my energy is up. I, I meditate, get the chakra points working, and I have this energy. Bam! You can too, right? You can also get yourself out of debt while you do it. Okay, guys. Right? Celeste says, monkey and the hammer. Not sure if you know what that, well, if you know what that is. Monkey with the hammer. Oh, yeah, that's what's like. Isn't that like whack-a-moles that we're talking about right now? I'm not sure. Tell me what that is. Monkey with the hammer. That sounds familiar, right? But I'm not sure what that is. So type that in the chat. Okay. Uh, so, guys, the, that was a very important last portion. If you missed it, go back and watch it. Just that last part. And then pay attention to what I say there because that's groundbreaking. And, they're, and like, even the scientific community that is on the fringe is barely on to it. You know, they just, scientists just understand and were able to in the last, like since 2015, 2014-15 was very uh, um, prominent years for the scientific community. They just started to be able to measure the actual energy as above and then the energy from as below. Okay, but they don't understand and they will they won't they don't understand infinite energy or or infinity because you have to you have to the only way you can use that is to manifest it through your heart chakra and the only way to do that is you can't be evil <laughs> right evil people don't have a heart like other people do so they can't get that heart chakra to to uh, manifest they can use the mind so they can control the narrative and that's why they have to put stuff on television that makes us uh, um, uh, follow that. They put things in your face to get you to buy things. They tell you who to hate. They tell you when to hate it. You know, no, there's nobody on the, on television right now on any network that is telling you anything but a spin. One is a conservative spin. The other one's a liberal spin. That's it. They're lying. It's propaganda. There's nothing out there for us. Television is the same way, the programming, but you have good people programming wholesome ideologies. But you can also, once you start to question, you start to learn, you eat that fruit, you take that pill, take the blue pill, you start to, or the red pill, whichever one it is that you don't pop. I always forget and mess up the, the wrong pill. I think it's the red pill is the one that you take. It, it opens up your mind. 
once you do that, then you start to see the propaganda that is being forced on everyone that's keeping you vibrating at just above lizard brain. And they're doing this because they can't control the logos like they want to. So they're controlling the narrative and creating a secondary ego. The Internet's an ego. The television is an ego. And those are talking to your head and talking to your mind and telling you all the bad things. It's the devil on your left shoulder, not the angel on your right. Unless you're listening, you have to choose which to listen to, which wolf to feed. Who do I listen to? Right. You have to do That's part of your journey is to, to put your ego in check. And but you have to have the ego. Otherwise, you can't learn. So the ego is a necessity. Right. For your learning, it has to be there to challenge you to try and draw you down for you to learn what's not right and to move the other direction. Once you start doing that, eventually your ego will go away because you start to manifest from the heart. You get vibrating into that indigo place. Do you understand? And then when you get past that, the energy, when you get to, you know, to the to the area that is purple, then you're now manifesting with your whole body, which means your heart. But you have to be in that place to do that. You can't do that if you're not spiritual. Can't. You have to be spiritual in some way. You have to you have to believe in a in a something better than us. So if you're Christian or you're Muslim or you're Hindu, you're doing good. Even the the, the Buddhists and the and the Taoist, that you're fine, right? You're fine. Uh, and if you're not, you're non-denominational. If you're Wiccan, if you're Druid, if you're Bohemian, none of that matters. None of that matters. The message of all of those religions are the same. It's the same mathematical equation. Do you understand? That's why I was pointing out that all of the symbols from those mathematical equations, including, like, say, the, the, um, the uh, Irish and the, and the Celtic knotwork, the Viking knotwork, all of that's the same exact amount of mathematical equation. All of it is. So they instinctively know... And they're putting it in their symbology, but they don't even know why they did it, unless those who created it do know. Do you see? So we're trying to tell ourselves something in all of this. It is everything. And we're trying to show ourselves that. That's, another, that's why I'm, I said Orion Rising. We are waking up to the possibilities as a human race, as a hive mind complex, as a totality of who we are and where, what is our place in the universe. But we're also following all of the landmarks and the mathematical equations around the planet that keep pointing us back to the stars and specifically Orion. Why? Because Orion is part of the star cluster that is telling the story that's pointing us to what we're supposed to be doing. And that's back to us. Again, that's full circle. We're supposed to be learning us. We're supposed to learn ourselves, love ourselves. And once you start to do that and you get rid of your own baggage, like Omar said earlier in the chat, everything is easier. Right? So I was burning time just then to wait for Celeste to punch in the chat. She said, the, the two monkeys on opposite sides of the earth, ah, I'm getting what you're, what you're saying now, both discover how to use a hammer at the same time. It was, uh, it was a string theory metaphor, yes. And that's also, yes, and that has to do with, uh, with everything is connected, right? Everything is connected. You, me, and everything, we're all connected. So, so the, that's, that's the, the, the theory of relativity, you understand that's Einstein's theory of relativity that everything is connected so literally uh, equal sides opposite sides polarized of the planet 
two monkeys learned how to use the hammer at the exact same time. Do you see? That's, that's literally the yin and the yang. That's literally the same mathematical equation because the yin and the yang are the same. It's literally that mathematical equation which turns into the one point, uh, whatever I said it was, 1.86 or 1.83. That is the, the, the mathematics of the star, the star of David, the, the pentacle. It's the, the star with a you know, circle with, a, with an X in it, the circle with a cross in it, the circle with a, with a uh, pyramid in it, right? All of that is the exact same mathematical equation. Even Shiva in the circle, it's a mathematical equation. The swastika in the circle is the same mathematical equation. We're t we're everywhere in the world, we're telling ourselves that, that in, even when you take the scarab and you put the scarab in the, in the circle, right? You look at the scarab and the scarab has feet, right? Hands, legs, and a head, <laughs> right? Same thing. Bam, circle, Voluvian man. Do you see? It's all the same thing. It means the same thing. It's just a different uh, representation because the people are different in different places around the world. But they're saying the same thing in antiquity. And, and it's esoteric. People forgot this information. It just takes a deluge, right? You get a flood. It takes an event that is a catastrophic event that almost destroys the entire known world and the population. And two generations later, no one remembers anything of that what happened because you literally hit a reset. Now you're just trying to survive. So that's why things like that can happen to us as a race. And it could take us 5,000 years to get back to where we were. Right? So... That's just crazy to think about, but it's true. So we're waking up now from the last deluge, which was either the Ice Age or um, Atlantis when they were messing around with that equation and stopped the planet from turning and went, oh, shit, we need to turn that back on. Pardon my language. And in doing so, if you stop the planet right now from rotating, everything will keep moving because the, the crust is on liquid mantle. So if the spin stops in the center, everything else is going to go with inertia and keep moving until the energy is expended. And that would explain how Antarctica ended up slipping uh, from where it was. And if at the same time that happens and they're trying to restart it and the, and the poles shift to where the planet flips over on its axis, it would then right itself because of the land mass weight portion of the planet in ratio to, and this is where we're getting into physics again, indirect correlation in ratio to the north and south poles. You ever take a tire and spin it, and then you go to move it, right? You're holding on to the little handles. They show you this, this centrifugal force. You're holding it this way, and the tire's flat, and you spin it really fast, and then you go to try and go upright. There's an arc where it doesn't want to work, and then all of a sudden it just flips over, right? That's because of the ratio when you're spinning that. It creates the energy, which creates a polarized effect. And so now you're trying to change the polarity, and it's based on the polarity of the Earth, and you're forcing it to change until it gets back upright again. Now it's spinning this way, and it's lined up this way with the Earth instead of flat with the Earth. Do you understand? So now it's lined up up and down when you spin it up and down. And, but in that tipping point, before you get to the seminal point where it tips really easily, it fights against it. It's resisting because it's, because it's out of balance there. Same thing happens when you have stuff in a wash and you have too much on one side. It goes, thunk, 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 thunk. well, imagine the landmass of, say, Asia and Africa. That's bigger than the landmass of the United States, Canada, and Central and South America. 
So imagine that when the centrifugal force is still working and the ratio of the of the poles are here and that's starting to slip like this, it's going to fight and that's going to create what? Earthquakes, fires, floods, uh, volcanoes, all kinds of tsunamis. Uh, people are going to die, right? Do you understand that? And that could cause the planet to flip over on itself. All right, guys. Now that we're at the 5.30 mark, I've gone an hour and 27 minutes. We'll call it for tonight. So that's the law of one. Uh, and we'll be back, like I said, next Friday, every Friday, 4 p.m. West Coast America time until I get through the 106 sessions. And trust me, when I, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So I will be here unless I die. I will be here on every Friday to do this. To to unless I sometimes I have to skip a Friday for whatever reason. There's something going on. Uh, so coming up on the 21st and the 22nd, I'm going to talk about this in every show. The 21st and the 22nd of April of this month, we're doing a to myself, Orion Rising, and uh, Candlebook and Broom are presenting a two-day, hopefully 12 hours a day, uh, event free webinar event that we'll be or, or it will be posting it someplace i'm not sure yet i think it'll be on i think i'll be doing it on Streamyard. Uh, i might be doing it from zoom um we'll we'll see but it'll be one of those and i'll be uh, simulcasting on orion rising and on orion rising my youtube channel then we can share it out to different places and we'll start watch parties uh, around uh, facebook and youtube uh and that'll be a, a two-day event that's going to be free and it's going to be for the for the um Earth Day. <clears throat> the reason we're doing it two days is because we want to encompass the entire planet. So on the 21st, for us here in California, because we'll be going live at 8 a.m. California time, it'll already be Earth Day for most of the planet, for the other half of the planet. So it'll be the 22nd there. So we'll run live and they can tune in. And then we'll run live for the other half of the planet to tune in. So we'll have 12 hours and 12 hours effectively, a 24-hour uh, time period, we'll be, we'll be on the air. Uh, 12 hours and then 12 hours off, 12 hours on, 12 hours off, you see. Uh, and so we'll have a 24 hours worth of um, the uh, uh, people speaking, doing all kinds of stuff. We're not sure of the whole lineup yet. Um, we have a bunch of people coming on, but it's all going to be spiritual. It's all going to be empowering. It's all going to be giving energy back to Gaia, healing the planet, healing the people, and raising the vibration of all of us on this planet for two solid days. And we just did that last weekend, and that was at the halfway point between the solstice and Easter. So between the solstice and the death and rebirth of the gods in every religion, uh, right at the, at the center point, uh, Omar put together, his Watchers Talk put together the summit that we just had, and that was a paid event with 26 speakers. And we're hoping to advertise some more of that so you guys who want to watch it can go and watch it. So we're going to get that link to you guys as soon as we can. And I will get you a link to the to the, the uh, Earth Day event uh, as well. And you guys will be able to watch that even afterwards because we'll have that posted on Orion Rising, uh, the page on Facebook, and on the archives on uh, the on YouTube. And then we will put the, I'll make an MP3 file out of it and probably have to cut it up into segments to get those on the air. But we'll get those on the air uh, as well for those of you who want to listen to it but can't see the visuals. It'll be on my MP3 file podcast, which is Anywhere where you listen to any podcast, and if it's not there, contact me, right? You can go here. I don't know if it'll focus. You can go to uh, Facebook. Go to uh, Facebook.com slash Orion Rising slash, and it'll take you to the Facebook uh, group. You can message me in Messenger, or you can email me if you go to my page, or from there, you can email me, or the email that it's attached to my YouTube channel, or wherever it is that you can find me, but you want to put my um, podcast on some place that you listen that is not there, let me know and I will put it on there for you. 
for absolutely free, right? All right, namaste, namaste, namaste. Buy my books. Subscribe to my channels. Hit the bell. Hit the link. Hit the little thing. Share it with your friends and go back and watch my archives. I have over 400 episodes on YouTube for you to go and listen to or watch. Have a nice day.